it was intimidating because I was like, man, if I step out, I just don't want to disappoint anyone. You know how you make excuses when God asks you to step out, right? And uh, he was releasing a word uh, in season, right, to provoke a movement from me, right? He was speaking a word, and this is going to fit in my message tonight, but he was speaking a word uh, that required a movement on my part, right? Uh, participation, if you will. And I was staring at mountains of insecurity and uh, uncertainty, and uh, I wrestled with God for two years, and of course God won. Uh, and last year, I finally just said, yes, God, I'm willing to go where you want me to go. And uh, through a little small process, we stepped out in April. And when I said yes, when I was willing to say yes, God, I, I, I collided with God's willingness to give. It's amazing. I love this. Like when a leper comes up to Jesus and says, man, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I'm willing. I'm willing. If you look up that word, that word willing in the Greek, it literally means I would love to do that. Is how you interpret unwilling. I would love to do that. Uh, I love this Luke chapter twelve verse thirty-two. It's God's good. It's God's pleasure. It's God's desire to give us the things of the kingdom, right? It's God's. He finds pleasure in giving us things, mm-hmm. right? And 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 man, I just want to find pleasure in giving myself to God every day. And so it was an act of faith, man. We stepped out and. Uh, uh, the ministry is all about like evangelism meets missions, if that makes sense. And, and my heart is the nations. And my heart is to not just preach, but roll up my sleeves and get dirty and really build something and make an impact in, in nations. And uh, my heart is to, to equip and empower and see an impact, right? I want to see revival and I want to see reformation sweep across America and around the world. And my heart is to not just meet with churches but my heart is to see an impact in regions and my heart is to impact the leaders who are already making an, an impact in their church and in their region. Uh, so anyway, so we, we stay pretty busy uh, at that. And uh, yeah, I have an amazing son. I have an amazing wife. Um, just a quick little thing about me just because I feel like I'm at home so I can just talk a little bit to you. I, I love to hunt. I love to fish. I love crazy socks. And so... Um, <laughs> had to show you that was pretty good balance right there from two system I love. Uh, I love the hunt. I love the fish. And, uh, yeah, I love the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know um, who likes the Eagles here, but I like the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm not here to talk football, but we did win today. Yay. I missed the game, but I got the highlights. And uh, But anyways, love, love, love the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I love coffee. I'm a big coffee fan. So enough about me. Let's talk about Jesus. Amen. I'm excited about what the Lord has put in my heart tonight. If you have your Bibles, uh, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I don't really have a title for this message. Um, I think you guys can maybe uh, determine what the title is uh, once you hear what the message is. But I want you to turn with me just real quick to Genesis 1. I'm going to start out one way. God's going to build something, and uh, we're going to land somewhere, I promise, all right? So just roll with me. I'm not going to be real long tonight, uh, because I want to spend some time to pray with you guys. Um, And uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 1, and I want us to start in verse 1. Genesis 1, verse 1, and it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, then God said, let there be uh, light, right? 
Uh, verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. All right, let's just move on. I want to keep reading. Verse 4, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, so the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a, fir a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament and uh, from the waters which were above. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And so the evening and the morning were the second day. And then it goes on to verse 9. Then God said. Right? Can I tell you something? Did you, ever, did you just see how God spoke? And what proceeded was a movement. Something happened, if you will. Something was established. Something was manifested. I want to start out by telling you guys this. Okay, um, sound, right, in the kingdom specifically, sound, I was telling your pastor this earlier, sound requires movement. Sound requires an action. It says in the New Testament, don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. Mm -hmm. Luke chapter 7, right, Jesus has this interaction with the satyrian, okay, who has an ill servant who he loves, and, and this centurion was like, listen, I don't need you to come into my house. Matter of fact, I'm a, I feel unworthy for you to come into my house. But if you would just say the word, word, sound, I know that my, 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 my servant will be healed. Movement. See, he understood sound when spoken from someone who has authority and power produces a movement. And he understood because he was a man under authority and in authority. He knew that when you had authority and you had power backing you up, right, you could speak and someone would have to respond. Right. So he says this, I'm a man under authority and I'm in authority. And he says, I tell to this man, come and he comes and I tell this man, go and he goes. Right. So he knows and understands authority, and he knows he's given permission to bind and to release. He knows he's been given permission to speak, right? And others have to listen and respond. So he knows that if Jesus, who is an authority, who has authority, who is authority and has power, he understands because of where he presently is, if Jesus would just speak it, it would be done because he understood when something was spoken from a position of authority and power, if he released a word, that sound would require an, a movement. Something would have to get out of his servant and something would have to come in and that was the kingdom of heaven. See, watch, Jesus was given all authority. And then in Luke 9, we understand that he gives authority to disciples. And if you follow Christ, you're given authority. Okay, And Jesus then starts to teach us about our authority and the power that we have. And I love this. Authority is you're given permission to do something. And then he gives us power, which empowers us. Power from the Holy Spirit. He empowers us to act the way we are permitted to act. So he's teaching his disciples and he's showing us through those teachings how we are, what we're called to do and how we're called to function. And one of the things that he teaches his disciples and he shows them throughout his teachings and just through uh, expressing the desire of the Father in front of him, he teaches them and teaches us multiple things. But one of the things he teaches is this thing called binding and loosing. 
And he teaches them also that if you have faith and you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it has to be done. Why? Because you're a person of authority like this centurion. And you've been given authority and power backing you up over things that have to listen to you. Amen. You're not under the enemy. The enemy's under you. And so he is saying that, listen, whatever's an enemy in front of you, you have authority over it and you have the ability to say to this thing that's in front of you that's not of God to go. But you've also been given permission and you're empowered by Holy Spirit to call forth the things of heaven. That's why he teaches them when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. You can bring heaven to earth through your declaration, and you can bring heaven to earth through your prayers. This centurion servant, um, um, this isn't the main gist of my message, but I need to set something up. This centurion servant, okay, literally understood this binding and loosing, this removing and this establishing through his command. Do you know Job, Job says, declare a thing and it will be established. Can I tell you something? When you release a sound of declaration, a sound of prayer, you should be postured in expectation, believing that you will see a movement that precedes the sound you just released. Mm -hmm. I hope this isn't over your head. So sound requires movement, and that should get us excited based off of the promises that God's released over us. Right? Watch this. God's promise produces a posture of expectation. Mm -hmm. And when we posture ourselves before the Lord out of expectation, we will see the Lord do what he's promised. Exodus 14, 13. God releases something through Moses. Moses releases a sound to produce a posture, to produce a, a, a action, a movement from the Israelites. He said, be still. There's the posture. And see the salvation of the Lord. There's the promise. The promise, I believe, produced their posture of expectation. And that expectation was we're going to see God move. Because I believe they understood without maybe understanding that sound requires a movement. So when God releases a word, we should posture ourselves in expectation that we're going to see him fulfill what he just released. Some of you might have heard a promise and you're in the posture of expectation. Do not leave that posture of expectation. You're going to see the fulfillment. You're going to see that promise show itself. Because God wants you to understand that he has released the word for something to come. And he's a person of authority and that thing's going to come. It's required to come to you because he released the word. And the word, the sound, always requires a movement. Amen. In Numbers, God instructs Moses to speak to the rock for the water to come forth. He strikes it, of course, and this is what I want to get into in just a second. He, he, he poorly functioned. He, he functioned an old way in a new place. Okay? In the past, he struck the rock and water came. He was instructed to do that. God released the sound, and now it required a movement of obedience 
in Moses. For us, don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. There is things that God re releases over us that we're required to walk out in obedience. Mm -hmm. Don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. Faith without works is dead. Setting something up here, okay? So when God speaks, not only does things around us move in or out, but when God speaks, there's almost a requirement for us to move as well. But I love this. When we cry out to the Lord and we release the sound to heaven, God willingly moves. When we pray the prayer of faith. Mm -hmm. Amen. Exodus, here's an example of this. Exodus 3, God told Moses, I've heard the cries of my people. Yeah. And he moved and he raised up Moses. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So when we pray, we should be in a posture of expectation that God has heard. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like he, God's saying, I'm required to move. Because I'm not just going to hear, I'm going to respond. Yes. Mm -hmm. So can I just give you faith? Those who have been praying, God has heard, but it's, it hasn't fell, fell on deaf ears. God has heard, and he's required to respond to those who've prayed these prayers of faith. He's required. Jesus said this, Father, glorify your son as your son has glorified your father, as the son has glorified the father. You know what he was saying? He was releasing a sound saying, God, you're required to glorify me as I was required to glorify you. Jesus understood this. Jesus said, I can only do what I see and hear of my father. So Jesus moved because he knew he was required to move in accordance to what the Father was releasing over him at that time. Okay? I hope I'm not losing you. <laughs> the reason I'm saying this is, is do you know there are certain functions for the certain locations that you're in? Philippians says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer. Supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. So when we make our request known to God, he hears and responds with an action. And that is a hope of a believer. Amen. These signs follow them that believe. It accommodates those who believe. I believe in God and God is required to manifest himself in my belief. Isn't that crazy? When I say required, it's not like you're controlling God. You're partnering with God, and God's partnering with you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't leave here thinking you're control. I'm trying to say you control God. You can't control yeah. God. I was telling no. your, your pastor earlier, uh, if she's your pastor, I was saying, man, like, Pastor Drew, like, there is no way. Like, God likes to break rules, our rules. God, I'm not going to do that. And we find ourselves doing it. Yeah. So I'm not saying you can tell God what to do. But God moves on the behalf of those who pray prayers of faith. And signs, miracles, and wonders follow. Now, there's a reason I'm saying this. Okay? Sometimes, and let me say this. God wants to release a sound over you so that you're aware of the appropriate function that you're to be in where you currently are. Okay? Don't just hear, but do. You know how to think's crazy? There's a lot of Saul's in the church right now. In the Old Testament, Saul meant desire. Think of David and Saul, right? There's a, Saul was 
meant desire. Do you know what? There's a lot of people who are full of desire to see God do his part, but they lack a desire. They lack motivation to actually posture themselves out of obedience and move in accordance to the sound that God's releasing at the time over them. Watch. When the fullness of the time came, God sent his son to die so that we could be restored back to him, back to life. Right? And of course, Jesus resurrected. But it says, when the fullness of the time came, God sent his son. Jesus functioned in accordance to what God thought was appropriate for that time. Okay? And the way he functioned and why he functioned was in response to what the father was releasing over him. The son can only do what he sees his father do. And everything Jesus did in obedience was an expression of worship. Getting back to Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer. I wonder how many decisions we made based off of what seems right. I wonder how many decisions sometimes we've made, right? Anxious decisions, prayerless decisions. But when we pray, not only do we have an expectation for God, an expectation that God will move, but when we pray, we actually have it. We should have an expectation that God will speak and give us instruction that will spare us from destruction. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end's destruction. And I wonder how many times we've done things, we function out of what seemed right, and our function was not molded or inspired by God. Our function was not appropriate for our location, and we messed up and we wondered why. What are you trying to say, sir? What I'm trying to say is we need to pray, and if we pray, Holy Spirit will release a sound. And that sound will show us what is required for this time, this season, this location, this issue. And sometimes we function like Moses. We hit the rock when we should speak to the rock because we haven't even prayed to hear that we were supposed to speak to the rock. Does this make sense? Yes. There's a reason I'm getting here, okay? I want to move on because there's somewhere I want to land and it's going to be fun. Watch this. Joshua did this. Joshua stands in front of the walls. Now, Joshua, man, he was willing to kill giants. But he knew what he did with the valley of giants. He wasn't, it wasn't appropriate for where he was currently. Right? And, and, and the things that he did with Moses that accomplished awesome things wasn't appropriate for what was in front of him and wasn't appropriate for where he was. So he asked God, God, what do you want me to do? And God says, walk around the walls of Jericho seven days. And on the seventh day, walk around seven times. Do you see how he was anxious for nothing, but he prayed, so to speak. And God revealed to him the appropriate function that was required for that situation. God's instruction was a sound, and now Joshua realized the needed function 
for this battle. Why are you saying this? I'm saying this because prophetically, I believe God is releasing a new sound over the church to produce the appropriate function in the church that is needed for where the church is. Did you get that? I believe God is releasing a new sound because he needs to produce the appropriate function for where the church is right now. Because how I many of you know there's a lot of things happening around the church? Yeah. A lot of things happening in the church. Right. And a lot of things happening in the homes of people in the church. Mm-hmm. And you can't deal with this problem the way you've done with other, dealt with other problems. Because you might not get the same result. So if sound requires movement, we need to pray and allow Holy Spirit to reveal to us what God wants from us in this season. Does this make sense? Why why am I preaching this? I had a vision a couple weeks ago. I was was listening. I was um, at a, they call it a concert, but it's a worship thing. I was at Bethel. Uh, Bethel's a worship night, right? Um, close to us in York, Pennsylvania. It was at our state fair. It was amazing. Healings broke out. I got to prophesy over people. It was amazing. <laughs> but it was crazy because God showed me this, this timeline of these, like, like, these music notes and these movements. And he showed me the 1940s, how there was a sound and there was a dance. You know what I mean? Right? Uh, 50s, sound, dance. In the 60s, sound, dance. 70s. I guess there was a sound in the dance. I don't know. It was a lot of this, I think. Or maybe that was the 60s. But anyways. <laughs> maybe some of the elders in here would know what I mean. But 80s, 90s. You understand? There are sounds linked to dances. Like my son is doing the floss right now. Like it's called the floss. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how it's done. And he's like, I don't I, I'm like, all right. But do you see how that sound is causing the appropriate action in this season. So if the world's doing it, why isn't the church doing it? And I'm not saying we try to copy the world. What I'm saying, I'm not saying we all false. (laughs) What I'm saying is, why are we falling on our face and personally and corporately asking God, God, how are we to function in this season? Release a sound that produces forms motivates, provokes me to the right function for this issue in my family, this issue in my ministry, this issue in my church. How do you want me to act, God? What do you want me to do, God? Like this, remember Saul and David? Saul tried to put David's armor on him, and David says, this just don't fit. Can I tell you something? We're trying to put things on in this season that may have fit in the past, but they don't fit now. And we need to press in and ask God, God, what fits now? Now, I'm not saying we give or overlook past moves of God and functions. But I'm talking about God adding to his church. By making his church aware of who they are and how they were supposed to function or how they're supposed to function now. Now, of course, we're always supposed to walk holy. We're always supposed to be righteous. That's an always thing. But I'm talking about being anxious for nothing and not hitting when you're supposed to be speaking. And saying, God, what is the appropriate thing that I'm supposed to do? And then out of your love-filled and faith-filled obedience, you honor God. And you do it. 
And when you do that, those are actions that God ends up blessing. So why are you sharing this? Because I'm asking God, what is the sound that you're releasing over the church? Because I believe the sound mirrors the action and the action will mirror the sound. What do you desire from the church? What do you desire from us to expect you to do? Like, what is it that you want us to do individually and corporately? And I'm not, I don't have no authority over this church. I'm not your pastor. But can, if, if I'm cool, one of the things I believe God wants to do for the body of Christ, one of the things that I believe God wants to do, and this is what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about, there's multiple things the Lord's calling us to, but the one function, the one sound that I hear from heaven that's causing movement in my life, and I believe it's what God wants to do in the church, is us to linger, wait, tarry. Some of this new sound is a raising of a standard of holiness and righteousness, reformation this year, this season, this phase of the church. Well, that was before. Yeah, but God's wanting that heightened, if I can say it that way. Amen? Amen. But one of the sounds that I hear the Lord releasing is for us to linger. Us not to be willingly, dist- like, oh, wow. Wow. Not, for us to not be easily distracted and lured away, but for us to wait on what we need and not being distracted by what we want. <clears throat> the enemy will entice you with what you want to lead you away from a collision course with heaven. But lingering and waiting out of anticipation and expectation, that is the posture of the church it should have been, it, it, it is somewhat, but I think God's wanting it to be increased. Where we posture our hearts individually and corporately and we wait on the presence of God like we did tonight. Because when we linger before the Lord, when we tarry and pray and press in out of expectation, don't do it out of religious, tired, like, like this tired, filled, like, like works thing, but, but, but passionately seeking God. Is a posture God wants us to find ourselves in. God wants us, first of all, to wait, be in the posture of expectation, and wait for what He's promised us. See the salvation of the Lord. So posture yourself and wait until you do. David in Psalms 40 says, I waited on the Lord patiently. Do you know in the Passion Translation it says, I waited, waited, and waited some more? How many of you maybe be waiting, waiting, waiting some more? Can I tell you something? The enemy always wants to get the disciples to move their boat too early because he wants you to get out of the way of a net-breaking miracle. Can I just encourage you, don't move too soon. Don't move your boat too soon. Wait until you see. Tarry until you see the salvation of the Lord that was promised to you. Wait until you see the promise form. Look at Mary. Whenever Mary was pregnant, oh, well, she gave herself to the promise. I mean, you know, it probably took a couple of months for her to start showing. But eventually the promise in her, Jesus, started to make her show. Wait until you start seeing the promise show. This is good. Wait until you see the promise Fulfilled. This is a function that I believe is lost in the church that God wants to bring back to the church. Us being willing to wait. But see, the enemy wants to distract you and take you away from those moments that will make memories. 
But outside of just waiting for the presence, you know what we really need to wait on, Pastor? And I know you're so precious and love this, and Pastor Fred and all of you guys, my new pastor friends in the back. Like, like we want more than ever just to wait on his presence. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many of us aren't willing to wait in worship or wait in prayer until we see and experience God. We get distracted or we partner with a rushing spirit. And we rush out of moments that were containers to make memories. Can I give you an example of this? I was in worship a couple of uh, uh, weeks ago. I was, I was up in New Hampshire. And I'm just going to be transparent with you, man. I was so passionate and excited to preach the message that the Lord put on my heart that I was just like wanting to get worship over. I know this sounds so bad, but it's just <laughs> where I was. I just wanted to get worship over so I could preach. Not so it was me show. It wasn't about me. But I just couldn't wait to release what the Lord put on my heart. Pastors, you've been there, I'm sure, at some point in your ministry. I'm like, I can't wait to release this. Let me just say this. The enemy wants to distract you because he doesn't want you to be committed to the rhythm of heaven because he knows what it will produce. The enemy wants you to feel rushed. He wants to rush you. He wants to distract you because he knows moments are very, very valuable. And he wants to fill them with the wrong memories. Or he just wants you to miss out on memories with God in the first place. And that's why he tries to rush us. And that's why he tries to distract us. And that's what God did. That's what God was showing me in worship in that one week, a couple weeks ago. It was just a couple weeks ago, man. I'm not perfect. I was just rushing through worship. I just couldn't get, wait, wait to get out of worship. I know it sounds horrible, but I was so excited to preach. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, Ryan, you need to learn to worship yourself beyond the veil. Now, I understand the veil was ripped, but in worship, just going into his presence, into the Holy of Holies. And I don't know how many of you believe in visions or not. I experienced one. You can't talk me out of it. When I closed my eyes, I went right into a vision. Went right into a vision where I walked beyond the veil and I literally leaned in. Now I'm going to finish with this. I leaned in to see, and there's this big glory ball it looked like. I know you're going to now think I'm weird. But I went into, I leaned into this glory in this vision. It was like a movie in my head if I can explain it that way. Abraham was called in a vision. If you want to stick to the Bible, then you can rule with this word, this vision word that I'm sharing with you. Because Abraham had visions. Paul had visions. Peter had visions. So on and so forth. There are so many others. But so I had this vision where I leaned into this glory, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, When you linger, you linger, you lean into something. He says, Ryan, linger, lean in until you see. So I leaned in, and Pastor, the Lord showed me this room, and the Lord was like sitting on a church pew with no back to it, right? And there was a seat, and He saved it just for me. And I sat down beside Him, and you know what He said to me in this vision? He said, Ryan, he says, stop rushing. Because if you rush or if you allow yourself to be easily distracted, you'll miss out on what I'm trying to attract you to. This is why the, this is why the Lord is releasing this sound to linger. This is why it needs to, this function needs to be in the church. Because there's things the church that God wants the church to collide with. Experiences, memories that we've been missing because we've been distracted or we've been rushing things. In worship and in prayer, specifically. And so I, I sit with him, and he takes me to a memory that took place a couple of week, uh, years ago. I was full-time pastor still. 
It was my first vacation in almost a year. Um, I worked hard at the church. There's times I would have a day off every other month because I traveled part-time and I was a full-time pastor. And so I was so busy and it was so nice to just be in my like, time with my son and my wife. And, uh, and so we, me and my son took a creek hike, right? We like the outdoors, I like to hike, right? So we took a creek hike and that's just when you walk in the creek, right? And you hike. And so we're walking and my son was rushing through it. Now the Lord's showing me this memory like a movie in this vision. And my son was just rushing it. And I remember this, it happened. My son's like, I can't wait to see what's up there. And oh my gosh, how deep is it up there? And oh my gosh, I can't wait to get home for fear. My feet hurt, can we leave? And he was so just distracted by everything, but really not attracted to anything. Distracted about what was ahead. Too many people, especially in a prophetic culture, which I love, get so worried and concerned about the future, they miss out on right now. That's why I believe God's requiring the church to linger like never before. Tarry or or press into his presence. Not just for his promise to come to pass. So watch this. So God showed me this memory, and I remember telling my son, listen. And I pulled him up and we sat down. He's like five at the time. He's almost four. He's four, almost five. We sat down on this log in the water. It was cold and it felt great. And I said, buddy, let's just take this in. See, lingering is taking things in. Mm -hmm. So I said, buddy, let's just take this in. And we sat down. We just took things in. We had conversations that we would have missed out on if we rushed through it. We saw things that we would have missed and overlooked if we just rushed it. See, there is things that we watch. We rush God and we rush his presence where there's things we miss. There's things we don't hear. There's things we don't see. So I'm sitting there with him and we take all this in. And the Lord brings me back into this vision with him. And he's sitting on a log. And he says, Ryan, right now in this place of worship, I'm going to tell you what you told your son. To sit down and take my presence in. Can I tell you something? For however long it was, I made so many memories with God in just that one moment. That I would have missed if I partnered with the rushing spirit. Or was just distracted. There was so much I would have missed. And I wonder how much I've missed in my past because I've rushed things and I've been distracted. See, the enemy distracts you intentionally because he knows the beautiful things that are around you that the Lord wants you to become aware of. Why do you think it's so hard sometimes to spend time with God? We're pressing because the enemy, he's not really aware of what you'll see, but he knows it's going to be good. And he doesn't want you to see it and then function in it because it will be devastating to him. How many of you know when Jesus heard, he responded because sound requires an action. And that action destroyed the enemy and blessed people. And the enemy doesn't want to see you do the same thing. So he tries to distract you from what you're supposed to be doing. But we need to be anxious for nothing, rush for nothing, and press in until God shows us what the appropriate function is for our appropriate location, our present location. 
And so I believe part of that's us posturing ourselves in worship and pressing in. Now, I'm not trying to make this a religious thing, but I do believe that we need to fall on our face relationally with the Lord. Can I tell you something? I've been gone since Thursday from my wife. Can I tell you something? Tomorrow I drive home. I got a lot to do tomorrow. But Tuesday I'm taking my wife. We're just going to hang out, hang out, right? Hang out. I don't know why I said that, but hang out. must be because I'm in the country. Hang out. We're just going to hang out. And you know what? I'm taking myself. I'm not taking my cell phone. You know why? Because I want to take it in. So watch this. The enemy distracts because he knows what God wants to attract you to. And I'm telling you something. Don't rush. Don't get distracted because there's things you're going to miss out on. It, even like in services, like when you hear a preacher preach, right? I, I, I set my timer on purpose. It's been 33 minutes since I've been talking. And I wonder how many people can't wait to leave. I'm not saying you do, but I'm just saying I wonder how many. Nobody. I hope not. But see, you're being distracted <laughs> if you are. Because, listen, the enemy's distracting you because he knows there's value in what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And it's not me. I'm just repeating what God says, okay? I'm just repeating the Spirit, what the Spirit's mm-hmm. speaking to my spirit about. But see, the enemy distracts because he knows the value of what God speaks. Mm-hmm. He knows how it can encourage you. He knows that if you partner with it, God is required to move like he said he would. So the enemy tries to get you distracted so you don't hear, so you don't posture yourself to see, because he doesn't want you to see. He wants to get you out of the way of a move of God. But you get yourself in the middle of it. You get yourself right in, the, right in the collision course of it when you pray, expect, and posture yourself and wait until you see. That's why the enemy tries to distract, and that's why the enemy tries to, 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 to rush you, get you out real quick, because he knows the value of what you'll see. He knew the value of what Jesus saw and how devastating it was to him. God knows, I'm sorry, the enemy knows that whatever God's going to share with you is going to be good. So that's why he tries to distract you. Now watch, I'm ending with this. With all of this revelation that I have on this right here, this, is what, this came out of me and God for the past couple of weeks, Pastor. And I'm learning to just get quiet before the Lord. Because, the, watch, um, Psalms 46, verse 10, be still and know. Do you know be still? That word in the Hebrew means be quiet. It means a lot, but it means be quiet is one of them. Relax. It's a whole bunch of words. It means be quiet. See, we're afraid of silence. Lingering requires silence on your part so God can be audible on his side. And I, listen, when we're silent before the Lord... When we're quiet before the Lord, I believe in prayer. Pray. Talk to him. But leave room for him to talk. And part of lingering is just being quiet. And quietness is a canvas for the Lord to speak, the Lord to paint, the Lord to move in in you in his presence. Like move move on you and move upon you with his presence. Mm -hmm. See, the enemy doesn't want you to experience that. So he tries to rush you or try to get you distracted or too busy. So the Lord's been giving me this revelation about not rushing and just partnering with him. How many of you start getting revelation and when you get revelation, your first thought is you don't look forward 
you look back. How many of you have ever done that? Like you get a really cool revelation, a truth, a nugget, a scripture, whatever, a prophetic word. And you might slightly look forward, but I look back sometimes. I, I shouldn't, but I look back and it's almost like I've almost fallen into condemnation. Man, I missed it here. I missed it here. I missed it here. And I know I missed it because of what God just showed me. But God didn't show me what he showed me for me to look back and be disappointed on what I missed out on. God shared what he shared so that I would look forward to what I'm going like look forward to what I'm going to experience in my future. Do you get what I'm saying? God's like, "Yes, you lived your life and missed out on a lot, but I'm sharing this revelation with you now so you don't miss out in the future." I don't want your past to repeat itself. So he doesn't give you revelation to look back. He actually gives you revelation that motivates you and propels you forward, makes you look forward to what the future is going to look like. This revelation that the Lord has been revealing to me, the stuff I'm kind of sharing with you, is a sound that I believe he's releasing over the church, but it's a sound that he's releasing over me, and I know I'm partially responsible for a response. And guess what I'm doing? I'm spending more time with the Father. Mm -hmm. Lingering longer. And experiencing more. Amazing things await the persistent seeker. That's why the enemy tries to frustrate you, get you impatient, so that you rush things or so you overlook things. So I'm in my bedroom. I'm, I'm ending with this. I'm in my bedroom praying about this stuff. And I'm looking back, pastors. I'm like, oh my gosh, I missed it here. And, and not only was I thinking about how I rushed and missed things with God, this applies to your family. About how busy I've been and how distracted I've been and how I'm on the phone more than I need to be and calling and counseling and prophesying and praying more than I need to. And the things I missed out on with my son in the past and the things I missed out on my wife and the things I missed out with God. And the Lord stopped me and he said, Ryan, your past is irrelevant. It's not relevant to right now. It has nothing to do with your future, so why do, you, why do you keep referencing your past? And you know what he said to me? He took me to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. And this just leads us to the end here, I promise. Joel chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten and the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Wonderfully with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then he took me to Ephesians where it talks about redeeming the time. And you know what he said to me? He said, yeah, Ryan, you may have re missed it then. Been distracted. Didn't make memories because you were distracted and rushed things. And missed out on revelations. And missed out on time. But he says, Ryan, I'm redeeming your time. And presently and in the future, you are going to step into memories. And you're going to have moments with me that sure, you should have had in the past. But the locust ate that up with distraction. But I'm redeeming the time. I'm giving you the time now that you're going to step in if you're intentional. That's why I believe God is intentionally speaking what he's speaking and asking the church requiring the church to do this thing that I've been preaching on linger 
And if you're intentional to posture yourself in prayer and expectation and hunger and you linger and you wait and you expect and you posture yourself that way, God says that you will be on a collision course. You will step into presently and in the future moments and memories that you missed out on in your past. Things you might have missed out on uh, because maybe you're distracted by worry and fear and you had no faith and you missed out on a miracle. God is redeeming your time. And I believe this is a season that you need to be intentional and pray for your miracle again. And I believe this is the season that you're going to see how God redeemed the time. And you're going to step in presently and in the future. You're going to step into moments and memories. Yes, that you should have made then, but that's irrelevant. What's relevant is what God's releasing over the church today. And that is he wants you to step presently and in the future. He wants to step you into the things that you thought you missed out on forever. But you, that's why God's releasing the sound he's releasing. Linger, Terry, wait. Do what you didn't do so you can get what you didn't get in the past. Do you ever hear someone say, if you, want something, if you want to see something new, do something new? Can I tell you something? That applies to this statement. Do now what you didn't do then, and you'll experience now and in the future what you didn't experience in your past. Even though you were supposed to, God's redeeming the time, and God says, you'll, you'll make up for it. That's why I'm being more intentional than ever to spend time with my wife. That's why I'm spending more intentional time with my son than ever before. And out of that intentionality, I believe God's going to help me make up for lost time. God's going to help me make up for what the enemy ate up. The enemy ate it up then. But Joel, Joel says God is restoring what he ate up. So God's making up for what the enemy already ate in your past. So that means you're going to be able to harvest. You're going to be able to experience now what the enemy ate up in the past. Because he's making, God is redeeming time. But you need to be intentional with your time and steward it properly. That's why God is releasing the sound he's releasing. Terry, wait, press like you've never pressed before. Travel for things that you weren't used to traveling for. Stay on this collision path this time. Don't move the boat this time's too early. Terry, that's why God's releasing this. Because out of that posture, out of that intentional posture, you will position yourself to see what you should have seen then, but you were distracted and overlooked it. But in this posture this season, if you're intentional, you, take, you partner with this intentional po posture, you will see now and in the future what you missed out on in the past. Stand with me all over the church. Wow. <laughs> this is what I heard in my spirit for you guys tonight. Redemption, restoration. Making up for lost time. The enemy ate it up in the past, but God's going to make up for it in your present and in your future. If you partner with him out of intentionality, you're intentional and you posture yourself before the Lord. I don't know what this fully looks like. I just know that I believe I'm going to make up, I'm going to step in, step up where I never stepped in because I was distracted. If God can do, if God did that through your salvation, 
Why can't he do that as you walk out your salvation? And what I mean by that is, think of all the things you missed out on when you were living a life of sin. You fell short of the glory of God. That means you missed out on a lot. But when you gave your life to Jesus, he brought you back to that glory. And you no longer fall short, you're in it. You fell in it. And you can live your Christian life experiencing his glory. If he did that through your conversion, your salvation, why can't he do that for you in other ways, metaphorically? Why can't he do that as you walk out your salvation? God says, I don't want my church to boohoo and holler over their past mistakes and how they missed it. God says, I redeem, I forgive, and, and, and you'll make up for it in your present and in your future. I believe what God's speaking over the church as well, and it's going to cause a movement in the church. From uh, it's, There's a movement that will come from us, but a movement that will come to us, and that's redemption. I believe we're entering prophetically into a Joel 2 year, a Joel 2 I don't want to even say year, a moment, a season. A, it's for a lifetime, but you know what I mean. Like Intentionally, right now, I believe it's a Joel 2 season. And I just believe one of, the, I believe one of those things that he wants to restore is what we lost in the past or we ne- what we never stepped into in the past. And that's why the sound that requires a movement on our, on our part is being released from heaven, and that is Terry. So let's just bow our heads really quick. Let's just pray into this. And then... Uh, I'm just going to see what God does prophetically and what God does through prayer real quick. Father, I just thank you right now for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for this word. God, I pray that you would just stir your people with this word. I just pray you would stir your people with this word. God, I pray not only would we capture the sound that you're releasing for, for like not just the sound you're releasing corporately, Let us make it personal, what you're releasing corporately. But Lord, I also pray that you help us to be anxious for nothing, no matter the environment we're in. I pray you stir a praying church again, Lord. I'm not saying this church don't pray, but I'm talking about the body of Christ. May may we be a praying church again, a a church that lingers, a church that lingers, a, a church that tarries again, like never before. But Father, I pray that we would be a praying church that would be anxious for nothing, but that we would get the instructions that we need that are applicable to where we are. And may we be convicted on our hearts to function, to operate in it. That's why I love the prophetic, guys. The prophetic is God revealing to you maybe an answer, an instruction on what you're now required to partner with in faith and walk out. And that prophetic word is in season. It's for this season. It's appropriate to this season. Don't strike. Speak. It's appropriate for this season that you're in. So God, I pray that you would do that tonight. That you would just release and maybe individual words over some people. That would just, God, give them the instructions that they're willing to carry out. They just need to know what they are. Maybe uh, maybe it won't even be it won't even come through me. Maybe it will come through just not not through me, but directly to them because they have Holy Spirit too. Right. But I pray you just speak to your people, and I thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. 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 This is what I'm going to ask really quick. <laughs> if it, if it's cool, I, I sometimes I do 